Welcome to the Chapters of Grace podcast. My name is Sarah. And I'm Heather. And we're two friends collecting stories of God's grace and sharing our stories along the way. Thank you so much for coming back to the Chapters of Grace podcast. We are so um, happy that you guys are continuing on with this journey of ours. And we just want to take a minute actually to just say thank you so much for listening. We've had so many friends um, give us so much support and love through text messages, social media, um, and we just want to say thank you guys so much for supporting us and listening and friends that have already agreed to to come on the podcast. (laughs) We're just super excited. Um, And if you Listen to last week's episode. We had our friend Amy on, and she shared her um, her grace story um, about some sexual sin that she had dealt with and that she had been delivered from. And um, kind of to continue on with um, that along those same lines of um, overcoming sexual sin, Heather has a story of her own to share. And so this episode is going to be dedicated to Heather's chapter on that. And um, once again, we just want to let you know that there is going to be some sensitive topics discussed. So if you have little ears in the room, please just go ahead and either put in some headphones or maybe pause this till later to listen to. So we're going to pass it over to you, Heather, and jump into your story, girl. All right. So you would think I would... Um, not be nervous sharing the story in front of you who have heard it several times already Um, but I still am Um, so yeah Um, so I grew up in church kind of like Amy and um, actually grew up at the same church that Amy did for a while um, in our young adulthood Um, and I I was really had a firm foundation um, in my you know my walk with the Lord, I, I knew who Jesus was. I went to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. We were there. Um, Bible schools. I actually sang in church um, when I was little. Yeah, our girl can sing. If if um, you don't go to church with us or you're not close friends with us, she, she's got some pipes. So can Sarah. So. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. <laughs> That's an episode for another day. Um, but yeah, so um, I like to stress that as well. Like I really did have a good a firm foundation in church. Um, I, I grew up there and really got all the the building blocks that I needed. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem with that was was that um, kind of like Amy, things happened at home that probably weren't great, and yeah. I was really exposed to um, things and and images that I probably shouldn't have, but not in like a terrible way but like just through movies it's like Mm -hmm. mainstream movies and mainstream television like um and I don't think it was so much as like a purposeful it was like an oversight yeah um but there's something about that whenever you see images like that before their time Mm -hmm. it awakens something in you Mm -hmm. um so I remember being very young um and dealing with all of this stuff that I wasn't supposed to deal with at a really early age Um, which kind of led me to being a little more curious, I would say. And um, I remember getting books from the library from school. And I look back now and I think, that was terrible. What was I reading? But there was no one to monitor that, uh, monitor what we were reading. And there were um, 
things in these books like that it, were terrible. Yeah, which kind of allowed you to use your imagination, yes. which if and, you listen and, to Amy's episode, she kind of talked about how that really was a gateway into right. a lot of you know exactly. other things as well. Right, so it really was a gateway into it, and um, it allowed me to keep that hidden, yeah. um, which allowed me to you know, develop this addiction. And, you know, I use the word addiction because that's really what it was. Um, right. It started really young. I would want to say probably 12. Um, and people don't think about, um, you know, an addiction being reading materials, but it can be. And then it just kind of snowballs. The enemy uses that and it snowballs. Um, and then, um, so oddly enough, I was also really like super sheltered. Um, so things weren't talked about, um, you know, which kept things even, which kept things, it made things more hidden. It made things shameful. And so I in turn knew that what I was reading or maybe watching was not, um, such a great thing. And then that made me feel shame. Um, and so I, turned to as I got older and curiosity and, and the internet came around right and it and allowed access was yes, easier yes it Same. allowed me yeah. to um get a hold of things that I shouldn't have and really started a heavy um addiction to pornography mm-hmm. for about 16 years um and I'm not very old so yeah. you know that's a long time that was most of my you know adolescent and teenage years and then I something I even carried into my marriage so um I had I had heard something on Focus on the Family um, that talked about um, like when another spouse has uh, you know and both spouses can have a pornography addiction right, it doesn't absolutely. just have to be one um, but it was talking about when you bring that that secret into marriage whether it's pornography or, or whatever it is whether you're um, kind of just keeping something hidden it really went into depth about how. Um, the effort and energy to keep that secret hidden from your spouse actually um, just causes you to not put that effort and energy into your marriage. Yeah, that's a great way um, to describe it. And then it also talked about how um, you can never fully be intimate mm-hmm. because you are keeping that part hidden. You are. Mm-hmm. So when you're keeping that hidden, you're you know when you're fully intimate with your spouse, they're seeing all of you, mm-hmm. every and you know the good, the bad, the ugly. But when you're keeping that that hidden, you're not allowing them to see all of you, right. and therefore you're sacrificing some of that intimacy. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the dangerous part about having an addiction and not talking to your spouse, right? And I think it comes back to you're never really dealing with the root of this an issue. Right. Um, and you just, it's, you know, it keeps you in this endless cycle of sin and then shame and guilt. Right. And you, the enemy knows if he can keep you bound in this right. sin and then. In quiet. In quiet. In yeah. the shame and the darkness, um, then he feels like you have no way out. And then you feel like you have no way out. Right. Um, and it just keeps you like hidden and locked down. Right. And that's kind of where I was. So I did grow up very super sheltered and I grew up in a Christian home and I grew up in, um, you know, a church and I knew who Jesus was and I knew, but I was not living in the, living in what the Lord wanted for me. And right. um, so I kept up this addiction and I kept it quiet for years, years and years and years. Yeah. 
Um, and so through a series of events, we left our church and I made my way to Faith Renewed. Um, at this time I'd been married for almost five years at this point. And, um, I was still, I was a young mom, still bound in this addiction. Um, I never talked to anybody about it because I was still so ashamed. Like how could the little church girl, you know, and if you knew me back then, you knew. (laughs) I think that's so important. An important part of your story though, is that, um, I think looks can be deceiving sometimes. I think that even though we are going to church and we are, you know, we look the part. You never know who next to you in church is suffering right. and is struggling exactly. and feeling shameful. And um, I think we, I mean, you talking about it, I think we have to break the stigma mm-hmm. because I think even you saying this now, like think of all the women who, I mean, for men, I feel like we say, oh, okay, yeah, it's just they're, a man they're men, it's right. a men issue. But mm-hmm. like when women come forward and say, hey, I'm struggling with this too, that gives the enemy less power because yeah. they now don't feel as much shame and guilt because they they say, oh my goodness, Heather struggled with that. I right. struggled with you know. Right, exactly. And that and that's the thing too is like I literally was a, like a little church girl. That's how yeah. people described me. That's how people knew me at school, at church. Like I was, you know, a good kid. I never did anything yeah. wrong. But deep down I was hiding this terrible secret yeah. that it was, was eating me It was alive. eating me alive. It yeah. was consuming me. Every waking moment was being consumed because I would ask the Lord for forgiveness to appease that, to make that guilt go away long enough. And then it would come back because I was never dealing with the root of the issue. I was never dealing with the shame and the guilt that went along with it. I could never get free from that. Um, so we came to Faith Renewed and, um, a few months passed, we were there and I got delivered and it was, you know, it's been about four and a half years now, um, since I've looked at anything or read. And I think that's a big issue too, that women don't, we don't think like reading, watching it on TV, watching it on the computer, like we have to, you know, guard our hearts and our minds and our eyes. We have to be mindful of at all times of what we watch or what we, we, you know, we see. Um, I think in you and I I have talked about that a good bit, like being very guarded with our hearts. Um, and I think that's something that's really important important. that's not talked about enough. Uh, but yeah, so yeah. I got free. I yeah. got delivered. There was a, awesome. a wonderful encounter with the Lord. and um, But still, even though I was delivered, um, even though I never looked at it again, I was still so ashamed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went home that night and I told my husband and confessed to him and he was so gracious mm-hmm. and so loving and so kind. And he forgave me and we just moved on. But we never spoke about it again until a few months later when Amy came and sat on my couch and she shared her story with me just a little tiny tidbit and it was enough. And she, and I could say, I've walked through this before because Mm -hmm. like you said, if I'd have had a woman be able to say in my teenage years, this is something that I've struggled with, who knows what would have happened? You know, like who knows if I'd have been set free a lot longer because I wouldn't have been bound in sin and shame and guilt and isolation and isolation. Yes, exactly. And so that was the first, she was the first person I told besides Sean. Um, and so uh, then again, but even then, even knowing that Amy knew, I still kept it quiet. Um, and then a few months, it's been about 18 months ago, I was at a women's conference and um, the message there was tell your story. And that's kind of where this whole 
thing has come from, you know? And so, um, I heard the Lord very clearly say, tell your story. And I was like, who you're talking to? (laughs) (laughs) Um, me, (laughs) I don't have a story, Lord. And, um, he's so delicately reminded me. Yes, you do. Um, and so that's why I've kind of embarked on this mission because I don't ever want another woman to feel like I have felt. I don't ever want another woman to sit and say, I'm too far gone. Yeah. There's nothing that, you know, grace can do for me because there really is. Yeah. Um, I actually read a statistic that said that um, it's almost 50% of women have looked at pornography at one time of their life and 32% of Christian women. Wow. And I would wager to say that that is so much higher. Oh, yeah. Because they're afraid. Right. They're afraid. There's such a stigma surrounding this that, you know, it is, you know, men get explained, but for women it's perversion. And we have to stop having a double standard. We have to start taking a stand and saying this affects men and women, young and old. It doesn't, there's no stop here. It affects everyone. Um, And thankfully, you know, we have wonderful pastors who preach that it's, affects everyone yeah and that everyone can get deliverance from it and we also have wonderful leadership that says you know tell your story yeah um and has given us the opportunity to freely share that with no stigma no um judgment you know anything like that okay so what would you say to somebody that maybe is where you were what four years ago four and a half half years Mm -hmm. ago And maybe they go to church. Maybe they grew up in church. They know it's wrong, but they're in that same um, vicious cycle, male or female, of, um, you know, that guilt, that shame. They repent for it, but Mm -hmm. then they get, you know, they go back Mm -hmm. because there's no, you know, true freedom there because they haven't truly sought that freedom or they haven't really got that deliverance yet. Um, what, What would you say to them if they're listening? Well, you know, I think that um, we forget that God did put those feelings in us. We are human, and like I said, sometimes those can be awakened before they um, are supposed to. And I believe that those feelings are supposed to happen within the confines of marriage. Um, And um, pornography is something that changes your brain, and it changes, you know, it rewires what God has put in you. And um, so I think the first thing is just reach out. Um, Reach out to someone that you trust. And, and taking that first step is the hardest thing, but it's the biggest and most important step. Um, just really jumping off and saying, I'm not going to do it anymore. Find accountability. Um, there's wonderful resources. Um, I would like to make a post um, here probably in the next you know week or so. We're yeah. going to get some resources together. Um, I found some really great um, support groups. Reach out to your local church. Reach out to your... Yep. your close friends there's um, apps you can put on your phone. apps you can put on your phone absolutely yeah. um if you're struggling your spouse is struggling reach yes. out to someone you know a pastor or a friend yeah that can help you bear that burden um transparency i think is the biggest thing you know just mm-hmm. being vulnerable and and what it will do if you are vulnerable yeah absolutely um, yeah just jump it out and yeah also i'd like to bring into to that like when Jesus um, was met with the woman who was caught in the act of adultery. Mm -hmm. Um, And 
she was facing persecution and condemnation from the people around her. Um, and what did he do? He didn't hurl accusations at her as mm-hmm. well. Um, he bent down where she was. Right. Um, because they threw her at his feet. And I really think that connection was something that was important because he wanted to prove to them and to her that she was still his creation. Yeah. She was still, he still loved her. Mm-hmm. Um, and he confronts the hypocrisy first. Yes. Um, and he calls that out. And I think if we, you know, look at ourselves, we can all say, I've done something. It may not be exactly what I have struggled with. Right. But we've all been. We've all fallen short of the right, glory of God. Right, exactly. That's why we need Jesus. Exactly. Because we, we aren't perfect. Right. Let him who is without sin cast the first stone. Um, and he was the only one who had the right to judge her. Yeah. Um, and I think we forget that sometimes, even when we go to tell our story, we can be afraid. Well, what will other people think? I know I still battle that. I still battle those fears, um, that people will think less of me because of what I walked through and because I've chosen to speak out about it because we come from a, you know, a time where you just don't talk about it. And that's a big problem in the church is that we just don't talk about it. And we don't bring it to light. We just pretend that it's never happened or that it's just a man's issue. And it's, you know, it's just a, those people are perverted. But that's really, that's terrible to do because it's, that's not what it's about. And the sooner we get it out in the light and the sooner we can talk about it, the sooner we can get people help. Um, And I don't, I believe that if you take anything away from this is that you don't have to be ashamed. Um, you can walk with your head held high because Jesus has said, go and sin no more. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think that's really big. Yep. And it may not be, it may not look like getting on a podcast and talking and sharing your story. It may look like sharing your story with your spouse and, or a trusted friend, but, at the end of the day, his grace is sufficient. So kind of just piggybacking off of um, what you said, um, just to kind of encourage somebody who may become stuck in that um, that cycle. Um, and maybe maybe you're listening and maybe you haven't repented. Maybe right. you've kind of just kept that, you know, down. Um, you know, and kind of just going off of what you said of you know, seek help, mm-hmm. um, you know, try to find a, a friend, but seek Jesus. I Absolutely. Mean, just chase the Lord, repent, like get mm-hmm. on your knees before the Lord and repent. Um, and I just want to read you second Corinthians, um, chapter five, verse 17. And this is out of the NIV, uh, translation. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. And I just say that because, um, you know, if you have struggled with that in the past, like you are a new creation, Mm -hmm. like Heather in front of me, there should be no shame of your story because you are a new person in Christ. And, um, you know, the, the, the enemy wants to keep you bound to that past because Mm -hmm. he knows that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And there's so much power in, 
saying that's who I was, but that's not who I am anymore because people who are in that now Mm-hmm. can see that there's change and there's hope and there's restoration and that right. goes against what the enemy wants for us so absolutely yeah I mean just just seek the Lord seek help find a pastor um yeah and, yeah, and not find, alone. right you're not alone and I think the great thing is is that after years of keeping that hidden and years of being bound by the shame when I did reach out to um our pastor's wife um, that's exactly what she said to me. She looked at me and she said, that's who you were, not who you are. Right. Um, and that spoke volumes to me. And yeah. it gave me the, you know, the push I needed to be able to tell um, this story. And yeah. and you need to find people who will back you up and will um, just be in your corner. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really the great thing about having a good support system. And, and that is something I think that the church needs to step up and do. And yeah. um, we women need a safe space. They need a space where they're not judged and condemned, but they are given the tools they need to find deliverance and love of Jesus. Yep. And that's so important. So important. It is important. So we will we will definitely um, like Heather said we'll post some resources up for you yeah, guys. I've got some I've got some great podcasts some yeah. that we like to listen to. Um, some great resources of women who've also struggled and gone on to, you know, have nonprofit organizations um, where you can um, have meetings or counseling, um, anything like that. Just really great resources um, to just plug into and get the help that you need. Awesome. Well, Heather, Sarah, (laughs) (laughs) you're really awesome. You have a great story. And... I know that even still, just you and I sitting here, I know that it takes a lot of courage um, to talk about things. And like we we told Amy, mm-hmm. bravery is contagious. Yeah, so I just wanted to close with this um, and, and encourage you. If this is a huge chapter of my life, um, it did span a big age range, and it obviously is where the Lord has me um, speaking from for a platform for a good bit right now. Um, but this chapter, it doesn't define who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, his grace is the only thing that can do that. And I think that's something that's really important because I spent so many years of my life thinking that I was defined by something else. But I was really defined by who he said I was. Right. And he's the one who knows you and formed you. And calls you by your name not your sin Mm -hmm. and I think that's really important and I just want to encourage someone that you may only see your sin but he knows your name right thank you so much for listening today Um, I've really enjoyed sharing this um, story with you this chapter of his grace on my life and um, we really look forward to hearing from some more friends next week Um, more on this topic Um, thank you so much Thank you for listening to the Chapters of Grace podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, and a five-star rating. Also, follow us on social media at Chapters of Grace podcast.